Well, hello, I am Patrick Schwenk, and I am so thankful that you are listening in with me today at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's Word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by His mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. Today, we are continuing our conversation on suffering, and more specifically, how we can get through the hard stuff. As we've said, we're going to be inviting some of our friends into this conversation, and today I'm just really excited to have another one of those friends joining us. Her story is so important for us to hear and to learn from today. Her name is Sandra Maddox, and I can't wait to share with you today's episode and introduce you to Sandra. And so let's get started. Sandra Maddox knows what it's like to have her life stolen from her. She knows what it's like to wake up one morning thinking everything is right in the world, only to have her world turned completely upside down moments later. She knows what it's like to hurt, to grieve, to feel that God can't possibly be loving and still let the unthinkable happen to her. But it did. In 2003, when her 24-year-old daughter, her only child, Tiffany, was tragically killed in an auto accident. Today, out of the ashes of her pain, Sandra is ministering to thousands of young women through her treasured mom's ministry at Saddleback Church, where she attends and serves as the women's ministry lead. Sandra is also a speaker, children's book author of Tiffany and the Talking Frog, and an accomplished interior designer. She lives in Newport Beach, California, with her husband, Ron Maddox, and their two adorable poodles, Pierre and Bijou. And so, Sandra, welcome to Root Like Faith. Thank you, Pat. It's good to hear your voice and be with you today. Yeah, we are so grateful uh, for you and Ron. I feel like I just need to, to say up front, thank you so much for just your friendship and the influence that you guys have, have had on us as a couple and as a family. And so we're just so grateful for, uh, for both of you. And um, it's been almost 10 years now. Um, mm -hmm. since we have, have known you guys and, and you guys, as I was doing my doctoral studies at Biola would come out and you guys would treat me like a King. You would feed me well <laughs> and, uh, would, would stay at your house often. And so we, Ruth and I always look forward to coming out and staying with you guys. And I feel like that you just need to tell our listeners how much Pierre loves me. Your, 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 um, your poodle. <laughs> oh, he adores Pat. He's always giving him kisses. It's yes. like so strange. He just submits to him and it's hilarious. <laughs> I wish everybody was that excited to see me, but so I always look forward to, to seeing you guys. And we're just so grateful, um, for, uh, for you guys. And again, just for your willingness to share your story. And as you know, we, we have a new book coming out uh, on September 8th called In a Boat in the Middle of a Lake, Trusting the God Who Meets Us in Our Storm. And I know it's a, a book that you were kind enough to review and to endorse, and your endorsement um, especially meant a lot, uh, given what you've been through. And so as mm -hmm. you know, that that's a book about suffering and how God often teaches us more in the middle of chaos than he does in a classroom. And that's really what we're going to be talking about today and the theme of today's episode. And so, as you know, somebody or everybody finds themselves you know, in a boat in the middle of a lake. And we were kind of talking about that earlier, where it feels like the whole world is in a boat in the middle of a lake mm -hmm. right now. And as the psalmist says in Psalm 69, I found myself in deep waters. And I think at, at mm -hmm. some point in various ways, you know, we all find ourselves in a boat in the middle of a lake. We all walk into deep waters. And I know this has been true for you. And so as we begin today, would you just begin by sharing with us your story of loss and suffering? Absolutely. Thank you, Pat. Yes. Um, um, it's 2003. It was uh, 
early one morning. I usually get up, you know, at the crack of dawn just to have that quiet time with the Lord because um, I like to, you know, prepare my heart for what's to come the day ahead. You know, pray, pray for those, pray, just, you know, seek God's word and try to find wisdom for the day and direction. And um, as I look, you know, back now, and uh, I know that really nothing could have prepared me for that day. Um, So again, I was having my coffee in my chair, and it was about seven o'clock in the morning. I just finished, and I heard a knock on the door, and it happened to be two police officers. And I thought to myself, you know, like, why are these guys here? Um, and so I went to open the door and they asked me if I was Sandra Maddox and I said, yes, I am. And they asked if they could come in and I said, sure, you know, and they said they had a couple questions to ask me about an incident that happened the night before. And I thought to myself, okay, well, Ron's here, (laughs) um, I'm here and wow, Tiffany's, um, my daughter's away in Kentucky, you know, she was going to school there and I was, um, it's where she was living and working. And I thought, hmm okay, what would they have to say? And these are the thoughts that are like racing through my head in those first minutes. So they sat me down, they asked me if anybody was here. And I said, yes, my husband was upstairs. And they asked if I could call him down. And I called him down. And that's when they proceeded to tell me that there was an, there was a horrible accident that had happened um, that morning. And that my daughter, Tiffany was um, killed in that car accident. And of course, you you know, the screech and, and yell from what I heard from Ron was, you know, heartbreaking. I'm mm. sure screamed out, no, this couldn't happen. And and um, it just sent me into this, like, deep, deep, dark place mm. of, uh, you know, the whole world becomes silent. Mm. And your thoughts even become silent. And you can't think. And you're, you know, in the midst of crying and, and all of that. But um, so, yes, it it felt like um, a big, like I was stuck in a riptide, you know, where things were spinning around. And um, I'm sure, you know, you experienced that too when you got news. And um, and so I just, uh, I don't even remember anything after that point. You know, Ron sort of took over after that um, um, in the days to come. So... Um, yeah, a lot to process. Yeah. I just, I, I know that you have shared that story with, I just, I remember, you know, one of the times we were out there, um, early on, you know, uh, staying with you guys and, and hearing that story. And I just, and even hearing it again today. And I know that our, our listeners, um, just feel that too. It's just your, my, my heart just breaks again. Um, you know, just hearing that story and and you're so right that, that, you know, it's like a thousand thoughts run through your head and yet no thoughts at all. Um, mm-hmm. It's like you have all of these these thoughts and yet everything is kind of blank um, at the same time. And, and so um, just thank you for, for sharing that story again, even though it's been a number of years. I know that, that it is um, painful um, to kind of revisit some of those places and some of those, those parts of, of the story. And so I'm just really grateful for you sharing, um, you know, the story, being willing to, to talk through that again today. Mm-hmm. Um, can I ask you, what was the first phone call? I know Ron was there with you and, and, um, you know, Ruth was with me when, when I heard the diagnosis for, mm-hmm. for me, for my cancer and, and, but, but what were the first phone calls that you made? I mean, who did you reach out to 
first when you when you heard the, the just that the tragic news? Well, I sat just in a pool of numbness yeah. and couldn't even move. I was shattered. I couldn't even imagine, you know, God, this can't be true, you yeah. know, what yeah. is happening to me right now. And Ron asked, I do remember Ron asking the two policemen if they were there, if, could they sit there for just a minute mm. and um, watch over me? And he went and called my sister. I mm. am, um, you know, I have uh, four siblings. Yeah. I have three sisters and a brother and myself. There's five of us. And so he called my sister, Annette, who had just recently moved to Long Beach because um, my father had passed away uh, two years prior to that. Maybe it was a year and a half prior to that. And so she was all alone in in the valley, and we asked her to move closer to us so she could, you know, be close, just not there all by herself. And uh, so he called her immediately, and then he proceeded to call, um, I think, his dad. And so it was really family, just my family yeah. at first. And then he, once my sister got here, he went through a list of dear friends that he just called yeah. right away. Yeah. You know. Well, well, we'll come back to that. I know we're going to talk in, in just a little bit about just the importance of, of friends and family, mm-hmm. you know, in the healing process. And so we'll, we'll kind of come back to that. But, you know, I, I've thought a lot about just, you know, grief and mourning and, and loss. And it's, you know, it's funny because when you sometimes when you think about, you know, the Christian life or the church, like sometimes we just don't know how to grieve very well or we don't know how mm-hmm. to mourn that, that sometimes there's this unspoken pressure from those around us just to kind of move on or that, you know, we should be further along um, or just to put a smile on our face, just have faith, you know, God's in control. And so sometimes we don't, I think it in the church don't um, really know how to mourn. We don't know how to lament. And yet the mm-hmm. Bible is full of mourning and, and lament. You know, there's a, a third of the Psalms that are those expressions of sorrow. And, you know, the entire book of Lamentations in the Old Testament is a lament. And so, I mean, talk a little bit about what that grieving process looked like. I mean, you, you've described those initial moments and hours and, and days, but l- what has that looked like? I mean, why is learning to grieve so important and how have you entered into your, your grief and the healing process? Yes, grief is something, you know, I, I'll live with for the rest of my life yeah. here on earth. And I learned to really lean into my grief. Um, The first words I heard from the Lord was, be still and know that I'm God. Mm -hmm. You know, he, that was the first, first thing, be still, Mm -hmm. be still and know that I'm God. And, And in that process of being still and knowing that I'm God, I was like, okay, I'm going to get to know you. And my daughter used to say, you know, sometimes, mom, we just need to get into someone's face, you know, to be able to get answers or whatever, even lean into the Lord is more what she was trying to say. But, you know, she was a kid at the time and she would say, you know, um, we have to get into his face, you know, kind of thing. And so that's exactly what I did during that time and um, just really um, leaned into my grief as hard as it was, it, you know, like I said, it was like a riptide. It just kind of, there's confusion there. It's hard to hear his voice at yeah. that time. Yeah. It's hard to recognize it, even though you've hidden words of, um, scripture in your heart, 
you know, and, and those come up at the time, but you still can't make sense of them. And so I learned that being still and really feeling every emotion, because that's what I told him. I Mm. said, okay, Lord, I am going to feel this. If, if this is what has shifted through your hands and this is part of my story, but part of bigger is your story. And I'm just a little bit of that story, but I want to honor whatever you have for me. I am going to, I'm going to grieve. I'm going to feel everything. Yeah. And so it was a process of, of just days sitting, being with him, being quiet. And I remember sometimes Ron would come home during those, you know, early days and like the first couple months. Um, he'd come home and he'd say, you know, how was your day? And I said, well, just, you know, sitting with the Lord and wrestling with him, you know, in anger, feeling all my expressions, which, you know, you can, Job did that, you know, he, he felt, he, he shared with the Lord. He just went on a rant, you know, (laughs) (laughs) with him. And, um, basically I did too, just, you know, um, sharing my pain and whys and, and he would say to me, well, um, if you're wrestling with him today, who won? And I would say, well, mm. he did, you know, yeah, he did, yeah. you know, um, cause you can't deny that, um, you know, it, it's kind of, you have to, you know, you trust him and you know, you love him as a believer, but here's where the sort of, what is it that, that, that saying they say where the rubber meets the road yeah, kind of yep. thing. It's like, okay, are you really going to trust me? Right. Are you really going to believe my words? Are you really going to dive in and seek me and know me? You know, right. that kind of thing. Yep. And so, um, you know, that's, that's, um, I, and I feel the same way you do. I think because of the culture we live in, you know, people want to move really fast through yeah. grief. And for some reason that, be still and know that I'm God. I still do that. I still am still. I still, when the grief hits, because it's a tidal wave, it, yeah. it comes on you in the most unexpected ways, Pat. It's like one day all of a sudden you hear a song and it reminds yeah. you of, you know, a moment in time when she was here mm. and, you know, the tears <laughs> roll off your face. Yep. It's yep. just, you know, so I've learned to lean into my grief and not be afraid of the darkness of it, you know, um, or just, you know, even the, the fire of it, you know, there's, it's, um, I think it's Madame Guyon. She quoted something I've always remembered. It says, it is the fire of suffering that brings forth the gold of godliness. Mm. And so I remembered, Mm. you know, you remember that because it's like going through, going through fire just, you know, and it feels like it's never going to end and the heat gets turned on, yeah, you know, but yeah. so. Boy, there's, there's so much in that that you said, I think that is so, so good and so true and so important. And, you know, I think as you know, one, you know, one of the things we say in the book is that, you know, we, we often enter suffering suddenly, but we have to move mm-hmm. through it slowly and and I think that's you know really what you're talking about with grief. Like you yes. just can't rush that. No. And and there are those moments where you feel like, boy, God has given you a lot of grace, and you and you feel healing. And then it's like, fifteen years later, twenty. I mean, it's as fresh as it was, as if you were hearing the knock on the door. 
and just how strange you know grief is uh, in in that way, and mm-hmm. um, and just the importance. I, I think you know you use the word feel, and then you also use that word process, or, or you know that, that mm-hmm. you have to feel that before you figure out the pain. You have to feel your pain, and uh, really enter into that, and and that that's a long process of of grieving and healing. And I think what you said too, that's so important is that there's, there's just, you're going to feel that for the rest of your earthly life. Mm-hmm. That I think that there's things that, that we walk through in life or we walk around in life, but there's also things that we just walk with the rest of our life. And, and I think that's what you're describing, um, that, that you just always take with you to a certain degree, the, the grief, the sadness of that loss and suffering, and yet yet you, you don't do it without the hope that, that, that we have in Christ, that you're going to mm-hmm. see Tiffany again one day. Yeah, and obviously that, that changes everything. Um, and so there's just so much there that you said, I think that is so, so important. Um, you know, I love, you know, what you said about, you know, this is where the rubber meets the road. I, I know that was, for me, um, just there were th- all sorts of things I discovered that I didn't really believe when suffering mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, um, you know, you, there, there's things you learn about yourself and there's things you learn about God. And so um, what was it for you? Um, maybe I'll ask you both of those at the same time. What, what do you feel like you, you have learned most about God um, over the years um, in light of this tragic loss? And what do you feel like you've learned about yourself well, I think um, through the process and still even in the process of it as well, you know, that um, <clears throat> I've heard, you know, I mean, all your life, you know, that God is good, yeah. you know, so I've, I've, I've really know that God is good. You know, he, yeah. he doesn't mean to harm you. He just, um, you know, what, what is that they want? He wants, it says something about transforming um, you in the trouble or transforming yeah. you by the trouble kind yeah. of thing, you know, you, and I've, I've learned that, you know, God is more interested in our character than our, like our comfort, right. um, you know, and that, you know, we are made to last forever, that this isn't, this is just temporary place, but our, you know, eternal place is like in heaven. And so I've, I've learned a lot about that. And yeah, this, this could be mm. another, another podcast. Sometime. Yeah, I know. <laughs> because, uh, heaven was where I mm. immediately went. I went to, okay, God, I want to yeah. know all about heaven. Cause yep. when you have a child, you want to know where they're at right. at all times. Yep. And I needed to learn more about, hmm. you know, this God because she was in heaven with yeah. her heavenly father. And I wanted to know what that was like. So, and, you know, I just learned that we're not, um, we're not here as an accident that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives, you know, and, um, you know, so all those things were things that, you know, you kind of know, but you don't really know until you go through something like this. It's just, it, it, those are things that you may memorize and you think of, but you don't really know until this. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. something is, like this happens. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so true. I, and I think that's that that was you know um, for for me that that's exactly. I remember my sister saying to me, "All eyes are on you." And, and what mm. she meant by that was mm. that hey, you've preached this um, mm-hmm. for twenty years, and now now people are you know they've listened to you. Now they're going to be watching you. 
And, and that was just sort of a, a gentle reminder of, okay, do you really believe what you say you believe? And, and mm-hmm. she meant that in a very encouraging way. Didn't, didn't feel like it at the time. And I know I've shared that before, but, you know, yeah. but it was, it's exactly what, you know, when you can have God's truth in you, but when, when God's truth is a, is a matter of when you're clinging to it in your darkest moment, now that, that's a, a different kind of belief than you had before. And, um, and so I, I can certainly identify with, with what you're saying there. And, and I think for me that, that was so true that there were just things that I, I think I had preached on or had said, I believe that I didn't really deeply believe yes. until, um, you know, until I heard the word cancer, you know, in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I, mm-hmm. I think you're exactly, exactly right. And yet, like you're saying, God uses that to, to deepen our faith, to strengthen us, to transform us. Um, you know, to water the truth that we'd hidden in our hearts years ago um, mm-hmm. in those quiet times with him or at the coffee shop, you know, we're memorizing God's word. And now, you know, out on the, the, the lake, in the middle of the lake, God, God's using that water to just um, to, to really water the seed of his word and to bring new fruit. And, and new life from it. And so um, I just, I love that. I, I, I know. I, I love what um, Joni Erickson Tata says. She says, mm-hmm. when life is rosy, we may slide with knowing about Jesus, with with um, imitating him and quoting him and speaking mm-hmm. of him, but only in suffering will we know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I just love that. So only, only through the suffering will yep. we really know him. So I yep. love that. That's really good. That's really good. Well, let's go back to, I know I had asked you early on just, you know, what were those first phone calls? And you talked about Ron being there and and calling, you know, your sisters and your brother Mm -hmm. and, you know, community is so important for us. I know we've Mm -hmm. talked about this a bit over the years as we've been out there and just the, the different people that that have surrounded you guys and have walked with you, not just early on, but have continued to walk with you in your suffering. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, the, the people that God places in our lives uh, in the midst of suffering are just so critical. And so talk a little bit about just how important other people have been for you in your loss. You know, in other words, how has God worked through his people, um, you know, to sustain you and strengthen you. And have there, you know, there've been things that people have done that have been really helpful for you over the years? Yes. Um, so in the early days, uh, well, actually the first couple of days, um, my sister Annette, like I, I shared, Ron called her first. Yeah. So she um, came rushing down here and um, my family came a couple days later because my brother lived up north and so did my sis- my other sister, and uh, my other sisters. And so, um, you know, I was surrounded by my immediate family at first and then, um, and friends, some really dear friends. And, you know, it's so funny when you do go through loss like this, you know, there's the, the things that people say to you, some good and some you're kind of scratch your head and it feels like you're constantly (laughs) having to give grace and, and, you know, just go, okay, grace after grace, you know, (laughs) and, (laughs) Because, you know, you just don't know what to say to someone who's grieving or lost. You know, I heard things like, oh, you know, I've lost my dog, too, Mm, and it's very painful. You know, things like that that are – anyways. But the people that um, God put in place in my life at that time – I had a a dear friend who came, and she sat with me, and she, you know, would cry with me, wouldn't say a word, pretty Mm. much like, 
you know, um, Job's friends yeah. at first, they were just really quiet and she stayed that way and really helped and people brought meals, you know, your typical thing. But then there were friends who, you know, just couldn't handle it and disappeared, but God was good mm-hmm. in, and he would bring uh, you know, we we joined a small group, and three of the couples in the small group we didn't know they had lost children, mm. and God brought them into our lives in those first early days, and they prayed with us. I mean, they all had different situations, you know. Yeah. Um, but how God puts people in place when you um, that have gone before you was just always amazing to me. Yeah. Always amazing yep. to me. Of course, my church family was super, you know, helpful. Um, our pastor reached out right away. Yep. They helped, you know, uh, plan and, um, you know, we had, uh, a wonderful, uh, pastor who guided us through in prayer and mm. also, you know, guide us to, through, um, you know, trying to get us to understand the process of grief within the couple, because statistics of someone yeah. who loses a child, the, the percentage of divorce, because you grieve so differently, is yeah. really high, mm. really, really high. And so, you know, as we talk through someone with wisdom, that was really important to us. And, you know, someone gave us a name and we, you know, a therapist who we walked through all of this process with in the early days. And um, so those were key people in our lives that just, you know, are still in our lives that, you know, what every year they reach out, they send a prayer, they know her birthday, Mm. they know, um, you know, they know that the holidays are really hard for us and they lift us up in prayer even now. Um, So yeah, uh, community, friendships, your family are truly um, key to helping you get through the loss and yeah. get through um, the suffering. You know, like I said, we're never going to get through it here on earth, but, yeah. you know, makes it a little bit easier for you to deal with um, birthdays and celebrations and things like that. Yeah. Well, I, I want to ask you one last question. I, I wish we had sure. more time to do. There's so many more questions I, 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 w- <laughs> I would love to ask. And, um, but I want to ask you just one, one last question. And this is really meant to be a question for you to answer for the sake of those that are listening that are in the midst of, of something really difficult. And, and maybe they haven't lost a, a daughter or a son, but, but they have found themselves in a boat in the middle of a lake. They're, they're experiencing some great loss or tragedy. tragedy. And, mm-hmm. and, and I would imagine that, that in those early days and weeks and probably years, you, you felt like, how in the world am I just, how am I going to go on? And there were probably a lot of days where you felt like your current reality was just going to be your final reality. You were just going to feel that way mm-hmm. forever. And, and so there likely was you know, I think a fight to have encouragement and hope and joy in the midst of that. And so I guess that last question would be, you know, what hope or encouragement would you give to someone listening that has experienced the loss of a loved one or is just in the middle of something really, really difficult and challenging right now? Um, Sure. I think um, for me, realizing that this isn't my story, Mm. it fits in 
God's bigger picture in his story. And I know the verse um, that I sit on all the time is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, you know, says the Lord. I have good plans for you, yeah. not plans to hurt you. I'll give you hope and a good future. And I think in that, knowing, um, you know, that we are here to, you know, share who God is in the midst of our tragedy is um, something that's given me healing. I know that, um, you know, sometimes in the midst of your tragedy, God God um, gives you your biggest ministry. Yeah. And I think even as hard as it was when someone came to me and said, hey, will you run a mom's ministry for us? And thinking back at that particular time, thinking, I, I don't know if I can do this. These mm. will be women that are my daughter's age mm. and having babies, which I will never have. Mm. But, you know, realizing that God in the midst of all that, you know, brings healing. So um, that's uh, my my uh, prayer for people would be to, you know, lean into the Lord and um, also to know that, um, you know, sometimes before we can find the sunshine, we must have the courage to walk through the darkness. Yeah. And so I think for um, me would be just to, you know, to have that courage to seek the Lord, to, you know, get in his face without that being, you know, just a, you know, to really seek him yeah. and know him um, is uh, always something I've clung to, yeah. just, you know, staying in his words, staying connected and um, seeking purpose. Yeah. in life is what does he have for me and how can I share my story to help others? Yep. Um, so I think that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. I, I just, you, I think, you know, it's so important for us to remember we really do have a choice in our mm -hmm. suffering, right? And, yes. and it's, you know, we yes. have a choice to either turn inward or to turn outward. And yes. of course, there's times where we, you know, we have to turn inward and you have to set yep. boundaries and, mm -hmm. and you know, take care of ourselves and allow, you know, that, that healing and growth. But, but I just have so appreciated, Ruth and I have just so appreciated the way that, that even in the midst of your suffering, you, you have turned outward and God has just used you in so many ways, um, it, it Saddleback and, and beyond with, you know, whether it's speaking or leading, you know, women or in your writing and even through, um, just sharing your story like you are today, that, that God mm. is continuing to use your story and to turn that that tragedy, you know, on its on its head and to use it for good. And and I know, you know, we, we don't believe that God caused that and yet God can no. He can use it and, and God redeems, you know, the brokenness that we experience. Yes in life. Absolutely. And so, um, so I just want to thank you again, you know, for taking the time and, and being willing to, to revisit, um, some of those places and parts of your story. And again, Ruth and I just uh, love you and Ron, and I'm so grateful to call you friends and, and uh, just thankful, mm. um, for you sharing your story. I just know it's going to be an, a great encouragement to those that are, that are listening, that are in the middle of something really hard right now. And as we were talking about earlier, you know, I also think it's just going to be a great, your, your words of wisdom and insight, your experience is also going to prepare people 
for when the storm hits their life. And, mm. and so whatever that looks like for them. And so I just um, am praying that, that God brings to memory down the road, whether that's months or years down the road, um, your story and the words of wisdom you've shared to those that maybe aren't in the middle of a storm right now, but will be, and that God would use that to strengthen mm. them and sustain them. And so thank you again for being Thank on Relight like Faith today. Yeah, I want to, can I just pray for you before Absolutely. we close? I'll pray for you and and um, and then pray for our listeners as well. I'll pray for our listeners as well that, that are maybe walking through something difficult. And so let's just pray um, right now. Father, we love you. Thank you again for our, our um, brief time today. And thank you for, for Ron and Sandra. Thank you for Sandra's story and, and God, what you have brought her through, what you continue to bring her through. Um, Lord, we thank you that, that you are a God that is good and gracious and, and wise and, and faithful and loving, mm. and that even in our darkest moments um, where we're um, struggling to have faith and we're struggling to hold on to you, you're a God that, that is holding on to us and you are present with us and you are working your purposes out in the midst of our pain. And God, we believe mm. that. We trust you with yes, that, even Lord. when we can't mm. see it or we can't feel it. Um, God, we, we believe in what your word says, and we thank you for what Jesus has done for us on the cross. We thank you that hope is real, that mm. because Jesus died for us and rose again, and, and we believe in that, that you've poured out your love for us in that way, and that one day you're going to return and wipe away every tear. And so, God, we thank you for that great hope. And I just ask that you would continue to strengthen Sandra, that you would bring her great peace and joy, that you would fill her with hope as she looks forward to the day when she not only sees you face to face, Lord, but she sees mm. her daughter again. Mm. And so God, we ask that you would just strengthen her. God, I pray for the listeners that are in the midst of something difficult as well today, whatever that might be for them, God, that you would just pour out your grace, that you would strengthen and encourage and equip, and that you would draw them closer to you, that they might know an intimacy with you that they've never known before. And God, you would meet them in the midst of their storm. And so we love you, Lord. We, we just trust you and thank you for all that you've done for us and all that you've promised us. And we pray that in Jesus' good name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you again. I want to just um, one quick word about our forthcoming book, uh, In a Boat in the Middle of a Lake, isn't here until September 8th, but you can pre-order the book today and get the first three chapters right away, a scripture memorization guide and even an exclusive access code to a private Facebook group that Ruth and I will be doing. We'll be giving away um, just some, some goodies and we'll be giving you a sneak peek into our lives and sharing some more resources with you. Over the next few months, you can head to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and really anywhere books are sold to pre-order your copy. And we'll be sure to leave the link to the pre-order goodies in the show notes. You can also go to inaboatbook.com for all of the pre-order details. And as always, you can go to our show notes on rootlikefaith.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwenk and at Ruth Schwenk or on Facebook. And be sure to go to our show notes where you can see Sandra's full bio and find out how you can follow her as well on Facebook or on Instagram and read more about um, the books that she has written and the ministries that she is involved in. And as always, if I don't say it enough already, we are just so thrilled that you are joining us and we welcome you into our family here at Root Like Faith. And so be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode.